Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And again, I just want to take the time out to say thank you so much for listening. If you are listening on our website, then again, please head over to either Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. If you're not someone who listens to podcasts, well, this is a great time to start. And what better way to start than to start with the Encounter Podcast? <laughs> what better way to start? And I don't know why I laughed at that. That wasn't really funny. But I digress. <laughs> so that way, what happens is whenever we post new podcasts, It'll automatically be added to a place where you can listen to it and download it. Hopefully, whatever it is, wherever it is that you get your podcast, you'll be notified. If not, we tend to post it on on Instagram as well as on Facebook. If you belong to the Remind app where you're connected with Encounter, we'll also let you know that way. And then LinkedIn, we post it there too, but we'll let you know when a new podcast has been posted. With this in mind, I also wanted to just say something really cool that happened this week. And it just reminds me that God really does reward generosity. In our side yard, we used to have this fort that we had, someone had actually given to us years ago for our kids to be able to play on. And now our kids are older. They hardly ever play on it. Really means never. <laughs> you know, you have kids, right? If you have kids... They had that thing they were really into when they were young, but now that they're older, they're not really into it as much. So we decided to go ahead and give it away. Now, we had thought about selling it because we probably could have got a couple hundred, maybe 300 bucks for it. My wife decided, you know what, I think it's better for us just to go ahead and give this away. So we decided to give it away. And then what happened is the people came over to our house, they picked up the fort, and then they actually had to come back another day to finish picking up the fort On that day when they left, one of the things that my family has wanted is a jacuzzi. They've always wanted a jacuzzi. And here's the thing that's really interesting is that on the day that they picked up the fort and left with the fort, we actually got a free jacuzzi. (laughs) I know, right? I I know, right? And and I want to finish this podcast really fast so I can get home and sit in that jacuzzi and soak for a while. But I just want to encourage you, just, you know, you, you never know. You never know how generosity will be returned to you. And again, we don't be, we, we, we're not generous for the sake of being able to get something back. We're generous because that's the heart of God. That's something that we should try to lean towards being. Just be people who are generous. But you just never know how it may come back to you. You might get a jacuzzi. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to bring up today before we get started into what we're going to be talking about today is, do you know what today is? No, it's not my birthday. Although that is on Thursday, if you want to keep that in mind. Thursday, September the 24th. <laughs> I was born at 6.20 a.m., just to let you know. And if you're wondering, I'll be 51. And also, if you're wondering, um, I do take double extra large shirts you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so I will not turn away a gift. Speaking of generosity, if you wanted to be generous towards me on my birthday, hey, open to that too. <laughs> Let God bless you by being generous to me. 
No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Just, just joking. Actually, today is September 22nd, and it is National Voter Registration Day, which begs the question, are you registered to vote? And if not, why not? And I really want to challenge you, before the day ends, get registered. Get registered. I think you can go to lavote.org or something like that, and you can register that way. But get registered to vote. One of the gifts that God has given you is a voice. And one of the beauties of living in America is we can actually utilize that voice through voting. It doesn't matter what your background is, Democrat, Republican, what you believe about the issues. The most important thing is that you go out and you get registered. Just go out and do that. Once you are registered, make it a point to vote on November 3rd. Now, I know in California, sometimes the challenge is that once we have gotten to the point where our polls are open and we're able to go to the polls, usually the presidential election has already been decided. A. B. If you are a Republican in California, we know that California tends to lean democratically. Or it's just the way that it is. However, I do want to encourage you, and again, I'm at this point, I want to make it really clear. I'm not choosing or endorsing one candidate or one political party over another. If you're Democrat, great. If you're Republican, great. Please don't miss the point. I have heard of Californians deciding not to vote. I think the reason is, is by the time they're ready to go to the polls, the election's probably already been decided. So then the question becomes, well, why go anyway? I say go. Go ahead and go. One is that maybe it will still lean Democrat in its voting. However, depending on how many Republicans vote, it may be something that brings up a thought in California that we need to be aware of those voters, that we can't just take California for granted. That's important. That is important. And again, like I said, I'm not endorsing one party over another, just saying. The other thing is still go out and vote because there's still propositions to be voted on. We still need to make our voices known for that. And then there's also local elections. So you still may need to decide who your next mayor is going to be. You may need to decide senators, House of Representatives, city council members, your city school board, uh, school board supervisor, like all of those things are still things that still may need to be decided. So please make sure that no matter what happens, don't give up your right to communicate your voice by not going out to vote. Please go out and make your voice count in that way. And this brings us back to, you know, in this series we've been doing called Politics and Religion, we have looked at several things. And this Sunday, we actually talked about the power of unity. If you've missed any of this series, I do want to encourage you, please go back and listen to the podcasts or you can go back, you can watch the live streams, but you can hear, you know, some of the things we've talked about. We've looked at things like politics and social media. We've looked at things like politics and fear. Uh, we spent two weeks talking about unity and we finished that last week. And with that in mind, I think it's important for us to understand why it's so important for us to make a commitment to get politics right. It's vital that we do. One of the reasons why is because there is this growing political divide in America, 
And as I mentioned on Sunday, Christians were not immune from it. And we have to be careful because we might be leading it. We just might be. And one of the things that God has called us to do is to be a bridge builder, not a dam builder, right? Dam, D-A-M, not the other dam. <laughs> like, wait a minute, what is Ken saying on his podcast? So I just want to make it really clear. Not saying the cuss word. I'm saying the thing, you know, that you build, that separates water, that blocks water, you know, that kind of thing. That is the dam that I'm talking about. But God has called us to be ones that unite others, not shut others off or shut others out or cause division with others. So I think it's important for us to look at how do we handle this political thing, right? How, how do we handle this political element of life? As I've said on Sunday and I've said throughout the series, what good is it? If the candidate that we want or the church wants or you want, what good is it if that candidate gets in, but in the end the church loses? What good is it? What good is it if we have compromised the very mission that God has called us to practice or to live? Because the scriptures make it really clear that one of the reasons why we as Christians are still here on this earth is to lead others to come to know him. Well, the question is, do we hinder that by the way that we handle the political process? Are we drawing people to God or do we push people further away from God by the way that we handle ourselves? And in this last couple of weeks, we've been talking about unity. And I want to make this really clear. Unity is not necessarily agreement. And, and what I mean by that is you can be unified and still fundamentally disagree on things. You still can be unified and still fundamentally disagree on things. For example, we have Christians who are Democrats. We have Christians who are Republicans. Those two still need to come together if we are going to be effective at doing what God has called us to do. Now, again, we can agree to disagree. We can, dis we can agree to disagree about the steps that we need to take in order to have the kind of America that we picture America to be. We could disagree on those things, but ultimately it still is important for us to be unified. And why is it important for us to be unified? It's because we have to remember that there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture. See, if we get the America that we want, realize that the America that we want is only temporary. It's only temporary. It may change in four years when we get the next president. It may change fundamentally, radically. It may change. And it may change even if you get the political candidate that you want. It still might change. But one thing that will never change is people's need to hear the gospel. One thing that will never change is people's need to have their eternal destiny secured. So it's so important that we, again, and I keep saying this, I keep saying that word important, but, but I really hope that you get it. I really hope that you get how vital. There we go. There's a, there's a better word for that. Let me open up the thesaurus and start looking through some things. But, but it's vital that we 
began to make sure that we are reminded of the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is not having a great America right now. That's not the bigger picture. The bigger picture is simply this. Are we living lives that draw people to come to know Jesus? Are we living lives that truly and significantly are making an eternal difference? And in our political stances, and I'm not necessarily saying a political stance is wrong, so let me, let me reword that. In the way that we communicate our political stance, are we shutting the door for us to be able to talk to someone about Jesus? And if so, then we need to take a step back and really examine what's important, what really matters. At the end of the day, and, and let me take that back, not at the end of the day, at the end of life, when we cross the line of eternity, what will matter then? What will matter then? Because this life really is. It's just temporary. It's just temporary. And think about this. We may be dividing and compromising someone's eternal destiny for that which is just temporary. Think about that. Again, what's really important? You know, this last Sunday, we talked about the power of unity. And I want to encourage you to go back and watch that message. I'm not going to rehash the whole message again. But what, what I did want to just kind of dive into and in looking at the power of unity. Have you ever been on a team that succeeded? And it could be a sports team. It could be a business team. It could be maybe a ministry team, a team where you united and you got together and you did something in the community, maybe a humanitarian team, but you were a part of, of a team where something truly significant was accomplished, was accomplished. Anyone knows me knows that I am a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, huge Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan. There's nothing like when you see your team come together and succeed. When you see your team come together and overcome, when you, you see your team come together and in order for them to be able to do that, that team must be willing to set aside its differences. Individuals on that team may be called to sacrifice personal goals for the good of the team. And sometimes what we'll do is we'll hear stories about that, won't we? And in hearing those stories, here's what we'll say is we'll say, wow, that guy really sacrificed for his team. That guy should get rewarded. Maybe rewarded by the team or rewarded by another team who signs them, but to be able to recognize their talent because there are times where players are called to do that. There are times where players are called to sacrifice their own personal statistics for the good of the team. What could be good for their own personal success for the good of the team? Maybe even for the good of their financial success. Because there have been times where I've seen players take a pay cut in order for their team to be able to get other players that will contribute to the success of that team with the goal of saying, hey, if we can get the right players that will contribute to the success of our team, we will go to the Super Bowl. 
are the NBA Finals or the Stanley Cup or the World Series, whatever your sport might be. But sometimes players will do that. They will make that sacrifice. Why? Because, because they bought into it. And haven't you heard of that? When someone is talking about the success of their team, they will say they bought into the system. They bought into the coach's vision. They bought into the success of the team. They bought in. And usually by buying in, there is this full commitment to allow the success of the team be what it is all about. So here's what I'm encouraging you to do, especially if you call yourself a believer, to think about the success of the team. And are you putting your personal desires, your personal longings, your personal wants ahead of the success of God's vision for this team? And I think based upon, again, the way that we've seen Christians acting recently, I think we might be guilty of doing that. We might be guilty of putting our own personal agendas, personal needs, personal wants ahead of the mandates of the gospel, ahead of the calling of God, ahead of the vision of God. And what is it that ultimately, ultimately matters to God? You know what really matters to someone by understanding the, pi- understanding the price that they're willing to pay for it. So what did God pay and what did he pay for? Well, we know what, his, what he paid, right? He gave us one and only son. He gave us one and only son to come and live on this earth to die for us and to rise. Why? Because the most important thing to God is the eternal destiny of man. Because God desires for every, and when I say man, I mean man as in the universal sense of the word. We can say man, women, boy and girl. God wants every single one of us to be spending eternity with him. That's what scriptures are all about. That was the main calling that Jesus gave before Jesus ascended into heaven. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you till the very end of the age. That's the mission that God has given us. That is the most important thing that we could live for. That's what we're called to live for. And in doing so, that means that we have to begin to model Jesus. What you will see in Jesus was this commitment to put the team ahead of his own personal goals. There's this one point where Jesus is in the, is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he says, God, Father, if it's possible, take this bitter cup from me. In other words, he's at this place where he's praying his final prayers. He's talking to his dad and he's saying, Dad, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to go through this pain because I know what it is that I'm about to go through. So, so Dad, I mean, in this element, we can get a glimpse of how Jesus is like us, how much he's like us. Because none of us want to go through pain and suffering and hardship. And so Jesus prays that, Father, if you could take this away from me, please, please do. But then he follows up by making a statement, not 
my will. In other words, not my agenda, not my wants, but your will be done. Your will. So, Father, I'm putting the team ahead of me, ahead of me. And because of that, we saw his willingness to sacrifice, his willingness to suffer, his willingness to give, his willingness to forgive. We saw all that being demonstrated when Jesus Christ went to the cross. And here's the thing is until we get to that place where we are willing to do the same thing, we will compromise the unity that God desires for us to have. And in compromising that unity, not only that, we will compromise the eternal destiny of those that God has placed into our lives. Our friends, our family members, our co-workers, fellow students, fellow parents on the soccer field, just whomever, whomever it might be, we may compromise that by putting our own agenda and vocalizing that in such a way that it just, again, pushes people away from the gospel. So this is why, again, it's so important for us to take a moment to just kind of look at what unity and what unity is all about. What unity is all about. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, it, it talks about how God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. You know what really that passage is saying as you go through and you dig in that? He's saying, I, I chose normal people, people just like you. I, I chose people that other people would look at and think, well, why did God choose them? When you go back and you look at the disciples, there was nothing outstanding about them. Nothing. But in the end, they accomplished supernatural results because of the work of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he does. But as we look at this element about Jesus Christ and who he is and this incredible work, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And again, what Jesus wants us to do is to recognize that we can be that person too. But in choosing ordinary people like you, like me, we all have our differences. We all have our goals. We have racial differences. We have economic differences. We have cultural differences. We have maybe male-female differences. I mean, we can go back through. Even if you are people of the same race, there are still differences that you have from someone. Like I said, they could be of the same race as you. We all have fundamental differences. What the gospel requires us to do is to be willing to say, you know what, we will set those fundamental differences aside for the bigger picture, for the bigger picture. And I love this. That's why in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, that's where Paul says there's neither Jew or Gentile, male or female, slave or free. For Christ is all and Christ is in all. I, I, I just, I, I love that. I love that picture. Because again, what Paul does is he gives us a reminder of something bigger, far bigger than our differences, far bigger than what separates us. Here's the question that we have to ask. One thing that will hinder unity is what is it that we magnify? If we magnify our differences, that causes division. 
and that causes disunity. But if we magnify Christ, oh, that magnifies love, forgiveness, healing, renewal, restoration, peace, eternal difference, eternal destiny. And truth be told, isn't that what we all want? Isn't that what we all want? But in order for us to get there, again, we have to be willing to look beyond what it is that we want right now. What our subscription is for life right now, for our subscription is for a great America right now. Now, again, I want to make it really clear. I'm not saying don't vote. I'm not saying don't make your voice known or heard. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we need to step back and begin to start to be aware of how we are communicating these things. Because here's the thing that I want to ask, and here's a question. Have we forgotten what is a win for Christ? What is a win for Christ? Let me tell you now, getting the kind of government we want is not a win. Because Christ didn't come and die for a great government. Getting the political candidate that we want is not a win. Although it's cool, but it's not a win. Because Jesus Christ didn't come so that we can have great political candidates. Getting the issue that we want voted through is a win, but it's not an eternal win. That's not what Christ considers a win. What does Christ consider a win? When someone gets to a point where they realize, Jesus, I need you. And from this point forward, I'm living the rest of my life for you. So that one day, Jesus, you and I could be in eternity together. That's a win. That's a win. And that's the win that Jesus Christ died for. That's the win that he gave his life for. That's the win that he rose for. And it's not until, again, we understand that, that we can continue to pursue what God has called us to do. And here's the thing. The only way that we can effectively be able to have the win for Christ is to have a united front as believers. Is to have a united front as believers. That's the only way. That's the only way that we will be able to do this is to be able to come together. And like I said before, is to be able to come together, set aside our differences, show one another love, uplift each other, encourage one another. It says in scripture, the world will know that you are my disciples. How? By the way that you love one another. That's how it will know. It will know this by the way that you love one another. It also says this in Galatians chapter 2 that I love. I thought this was really great. It says, And the leaders, starting at verse 6, And the leaders of the church had nothing to add by what I was preaching. By the way, their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. Instead, they saw that God has given me a responsibility to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Jews. For the same God who worked through Peter as apostle to the Jews is also working through me as an apostle to the Gentiles. What Paul talks about is 
We're on this team together. We're on this team together. Now, we may have different focuses on who we're trying to reach, but we are in this thing together. In fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift God had given me and accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. Although we were fundamentally different, we were fundamentally different, they accepted us to be a part of something incredible. Why? Why? Because of the grander vision, the grander vision, reaching the world for Jesus reaching the world for Jesus. So they encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. The only suggestion, and I love this, was that we keep on helping the poor, which I have always been eager to do. That we always help the poor. Why is that? Because isn't that what Jesus did? Isn't that what Jesus did? Because I will tell you, another thing that will fundamentally erode unity is when we put our needs ahead of others. We're actually going to talk about this a little bit more next Sunday. So make sure that you're in. We're, we're talking about politics, right, and religion and how we have to do this thing better. And I heard something that really spiked the thought or sparked a thought in me. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to do a message on politics and religion on that. And here's what, the, here's what the thought was. In times of scarcity, we tend to think selfishly. And the way to overcome that is through generosity. It's through generosity. So one of the reasons why we take the political stances that we take is because of scarcity. We might not think it's scarcity, but it is. It's scarcity. And I'm not going to say too much more because I got to have I got to say some stuff for Sunday <laughs> from the message. So so make sure that you listen to that. But we want to avoid the scarcity mindset that makes us focus on looking out for me and mine and make sure me and mine are taken care of ahead of everyone else. We have to make sure that we avoid that. So with this in mind, I think it's important for us to begin to look at this aspect of looking out for the need of others, being aware of the poor around us, the people who are poor financially, the people who are poor relationally, the people who are poor spiritually, the people who are poor emotionally and mentally to make a commitment, to be aware of that. Here's one of the reasons why our political stances may cause division. Is in our political stance, we're not necessarily thinking about who is poor on the other side of our political stance. Who may be poor in equality? Who may be poor financially? And in our taking a stance, what we have just done is we've just said that their suffering doesn't matter. This is why this unity is so important. This is why the bigger picture is so important. This is why being able to communicate compassionately is so important. And the only way, again, that we can do that is if we begin to rally around the call of Jesus Christ. 
so that we must be willing to sacrifice what we want for the bigger picture. And if so, we will win the spiritual Super Bowl (laughs) or the spiritual World Series or the spiritual NBA Finals or WNBA Finals. But the old saying is true. It takes a village. And I know that that usually is referred to raising children, right? And I know that. I get that. But the truth is, it takes a village to change the world. It takes a village to change the world. And that village, well, God called it the church. And if the church is shooting its own wounded, gnawing off its own foot, if the church is doing that, then how can the world see love? And how will the world know that we are his disciples? So let's make a commitment and dig into this. Really dig into this. And this goes back to the question that we asked last week. And I really want to continue to challenge you to ask that this week. And that is, do I love others the way that Jesus loves me? Do I love others the way that Jesus loves me? Because that, my friends, is what makes all the difference in the world. In the world. So again, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. So excited to have you here. I've already kind of given you a preview. Make sure that you're here on Sunday, or not necessarily here physically in this building, (laughs) But, but, but make sure that you go to YouTube or Facebook on Sunday and that you watch our live stream as we continue this series on politics and religion. And I want to do something different. I've, I've been thinking about just our sermon series and what we want to do next. I want to do something different. Usually I go through and I pick the sermon series. I want to invite you to have a voice in what we cover for our next sermon series. So what's happening in your life that you would love for us to be able to address and talk about? What's happening in your life that you would love to hear what does God have to say about it? What's happening in your life that you would love to just be able to come and get some encouragement on? What's happening in your life? Communicate that to us. And what we'll do is we'll see. I I got this idea from my wife. My wife teaches a class, and what she does in her class is she allows the kids to pick the subject and then they vote on the subject. And then based upon that, that becomes their next topic that they're talking about. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to try that for the church. I'm going to try that for the church. So make sure that you do that and do that soon because odds are we're kicking off a brand new series on October the 11th. And just to let you know, if you have not heard, we are kicking off outdoor services once again on October the 11th. We were going to try to meet at Oneida Park but I did some more research and they're not allowing gatherings at parks yet. So I thought the parks were open as long as you were social distancing. They are, but not for gatherings. So I know, I know, we'll figure that out. (laughs) So we are going to go ahead and start meeting in our parking lot once again on October the 11th. 
at 10.30 a.m. Again, if you are uncomfortable with that, then what we will do is we will um, continue to post our messages and stuff on live stream and music on live stream so that you'll be able to have that on Sundays to listen to and to be able to watch. We are excited about being able to gather and meet together once again. The numbers, coronavirus numbers are better. The weather's getting better. So hopefully we can make this thing happen. It should be really great. Really looking forward to it. Really, really looking forward to it. But with that in mind, thank you so much. And just to remind you that Encounter is about three things. Love up. Let's see how we can grow in our relationship with God and who he is. Love out. Make sure that you make a commitment to love your fellow man and love in. Take care of yourself. Make sure that you're growing and developing and continuing to become a better person. Well, take care. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. Please take a moment to head over to whatever source you're listening to for the podcast to rate and review us. And also, if there are things that we can do well, please feel free to reach out and let us know what those are. If you'd like to continue to support Encounter in our efforts to make a difference in our community, then feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving and feel free to make a donation that will allow us to be able to make a difference in our community and also to be able to do podcasts and those kind of things such as this. And please subscribe today to our YouTube channel. Make sure you click the little bell for notification. That way we post new things, you'll be notified of that. Same thing as well on our Facebook page. Head over to that and feel free to like us there. That way we post new podcasts, new events, those elements. You will also know about those as well. Well, again, thank you so much. God bless you and have a great day.